Agencies are taking a wide variety of approaches to reopening their offices and facilities to employees and to the public for that matter. They're all on their own timelines, with offices in one part of the country reopening earlier, say, than some of the others. The Environmental Protection Agency launched a facility status dashboard to help its leadership making reopening decisions. But even the reopening policies themselves vary from agency to agency. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now with who is doing what. Nicole, let's start with the EPA and their dashboard. What What's in it and tell us more about it. So the EPA told us that the administrator, uh, Andrew Wheeler, had asked his scientific experts at the agency, of which there are plenty, um, to create a, a data-driven dashboard that shows local conditions, um, basically what's going on at each of the 10 EPA regions so they can just help better make decisions about when some of these facilities should be reopened. And interestingly enough, once they determine that they that a specific region is perhaps ready to be reopened, they close the building for seven days, which is kind of the gating period for this virus as far as we know at this point. So when the when the building reopens, then they make the final call about whether or not to allow employees to come back in. And EPA, like all these other agencies that we'll talk about, Tom, are following this kind of three-phase reopening approach where there's a few people that come back initially and then more people in phase two and even more people in phase three. The reopening dashboard at EPA was the first I had ever heard of any agency, you know, addressing it in this way. And EPA has gotten some criticism from its union, the American Federation of Government Employees, that basically actually called for a moratorium on reopening. And their argument is that the, the data isn't doesn't show that some of these facilities should, in fact, be reopened. So there's a little bit of tension there. And do we know any of the data elements that are feeding into this dashboard, like local infection rates or whatever? Yes, that is the infection rates are a part of it. Data that we hear often from, you know, the Johns Hopkins repository of coronavirus cases. The EPA, though, wanted to ensure that I knew that that wasn't the only uh, information they were using to make some of these reopening decisions. But this dashboard was one of several tools they were using to kind of help them decide what to do. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. And what about the other agencies that have started opening their doors? And uh, there's some you haven't even heard from at all yet. Yeah, so the Office of Personal Management we heard last week had entered phase one of their reopening plan in uh, the District of Columbia. And its other facilities, you know, you might think about the uh, the cave in Boyers, Pennsylvania. Some of the that and some of the other OPM facilities uh, actually opened yesterday and in their phase one reopening, again, emphasizing that most employees are probably still teleworking. We've heard that FEMA, the earliest date that their employees would possibly return, was June 15th, just a few days ago, and that they wouldn't enter the next phase of their reopening until July 15th, which most, again, most employees will continue teleworking. We know USDA started June 1st, essentially, Energy, June 8th. So everyone is really on a different timeline. One agency that I have not heard from yet is the Social Security Administration. And we check in with our readers who work there pretty regularly. And as of Friday, they hadn't heard of any reopening plans either. That, of course, can all change. I'm sure they're discussing it. But as of right now, we haven't gotten a full plan from them yet. So that means the disposition of their field offices is at this point unknown. That's right. We don't know exactly when these field offices will open in the public. And I think they actually have a really tricky scenario ahead of them in reopening. 
their population that they serve is typically older. You could say that they're at higher risk for the virus. I think there's concern of them having the cleaning supplies, personal protective equipment that they need for their employees and members of the public who are coming in. So we haven't heard from SSA about the field offices or just the employees who are, you know, making the agency function at home right now. Interesting, because in the next hour, we're going to be speaking with reporter Jory Heckman. He's going to tell what's going on with the State Department passport service offices, which are starting to reopen, at least a good number of them. So interesting that the policies do vary that much. And that's the schedules. And then the policies vary, you found, from agency to agency. Nicole, let's talk about some of those. I was interested to see that agencies are approaching masks very differently. So at USDA, they're required. And the Agriculture Department says it plans to make them available to employees, you know, give reusable face coverings to employees um, on a regular basis. At OPM, they're not required. You're not required to wear them in the building, but OPM said they would give out masks to its security guards, others who have more public-facing jobs. Energy has a, another different scenario for masks. They say that they're not required in the building, they're strongly encouraged, but they will have some available as you enter the building at you know security setups and entrances and that sort of thing. So some differences there. Interesting, because at some point, people are going to have to bring their own masks. I, th- I feel that the mask industry is going to be like the hosiery industry. It's something everybody has, and you'll just buy them anywhere from the dime store to iMagnon, or well, they're bankrupt, but a high-end <laughs> store, depending on your taste and your money. And it won't be something that people hand out. You know, restaurants say no shirt, no shoes, no service. Maybe they'll add mask and gloves and whatever to that. So for the time being, then, it looks like the agencies that want people to have masks are going to supply them, though. For the time being, Energy had kind of that uh, cryptic policy there where they're not required, but they're encouraged, but they will have some available. But they did not make it clear that they would provide them for all employees and visitors, the few of them that there are, who come into the building. I think there's also a few differences on parking. I noticed that USDA was really trying to emphasize that it would bring in few employees so that those who did not want to take public transportation in could perhaps park and that they would have enough parking capacity in the first two phases anyway to support employees who did want to drive into the office versus taking Metro or the bus. Are the policies you've been following, do they make accommodation for the different types of facilities? I mean, there's everything from rabbit warrens of cubicles that you might find, say, in GSA to a laboratory that's outdoors that you might find at the agriculture department where you're dealing with cows and hogs and stuff and not people. So, Tom, I haven't seen really specific reopening plans like you've mentioned. I've, you know, Energy is a good example. They put out a plan for their headquarters, but then they also put out a broader department-wide plan and noted that their national laboratories were probably doing their own thing when it came to reopening and that you should check with them individually. So I haven't seen too much, too many differences in some of the plans that I've seen. Um, They could be there, but we just haven't gotten a hold of them yet. But it sounds like the overarching architecture to all of this is regional decision-making, not centralized decision-making. And in the case of the EPA, they've gone to the extreme of having data about the local conditions for their regional managers. But nobody's dictating anything centrally for an entire agency nationwide, sounds like. So I think each agency head is aware and is involved in some of those regional decisions. 
you know, you brought up EPA, and I think that's a good example of where the regions are really determining when and how they should reopen, and that the EPA administrator is involved to a certain extent in some of those decisions. But as far as a really centralized management of agency reopening, if you're expecting OPM to come in with, you know, a here we go, we're all open message, it's not going to happen. Um, and you're not going to get that from the White House either. That was my last question, and you've already answered it, because early on in all of this, there was a rat-a-tat series of memos from the White House updating what it had said a couple days earlier. That seems to have stopped. You're right. We haven't seen many uh, memos, guidance, et cetera, from the White House or from OPM. But if you think about it, I think agencies honestly did their own thing when it came to closing their offices and facilities and sending employees home. All of those pieces of guidance from OPM and OMB, they were suggestions. They were not mandatory. And agencies ultimately, as we saw, approach this in different ways. And I think they're going to do that when they reopen as well. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Be sure to check out her reopening coverage across government at federalnewsnetwork.com. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.